This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to the Principal Purpose Podcast, where principal and certified life coach Lynn Harden teaches you how to leave work at work and in between get more done with energy using her proven formula after leading three award-winning schools. And now, here's your host, Lynn Harden. everyone. How's it going? Most of you have opened school or getting ready to and maybe you're like even a weekend. I want to say congratulations. You've opened and you're off and running. In this particular episode, I want to dedicate it to nurturing those leadership qualities in you that others admire, whether it's teachers, parents, classified staff, students, district personnel. So in order to do that, we will explore the architecture of our mind, how our brains work, that growth mindset versus closed mindset, but just kind of a 101, very basic biology of how our brains work. And most importantly, how it's going to impact our leadership. I'm going to talk about that strong leadership quality that a beloved and respected principal would have on how to acknowledge the negative and move it into could be positive, it could be a solution, or it could be just being comfortable with whatever that negative thought or feeling is. This is a quality, this is a trait, this is a skill that has to do with a higher level of emotional intelligence. This is something that can be taught to kindergartners. This is something that can be taught to staff and teachers. I want you to picture this. There's a small bump in the road. There's been a problem, a simple obstacle. Someone has complained, someone is upset. A parent doesn't like their classroom teacher. We have an employee who is struggling emotionally or is not coming in on time or coming in at all. And you begin to spiral into a maze of negativity. Can you relate? If you've been caught in this whirlwind, replaying challenging situations and often overlooking your victories, you're not alone. If it hasn't happened in September, it will begin to emerge in October, where we keep our challenging situations at the forefront. 
let them wake us up at night, wake up to them, just keep replaying them, trying to come up with a solution and forget about any victories, great openings, great scores, celebration. We just begin to overlook those. Well, there's a good reason for doing that. And despite our brain's amazing capabilities, it has this ancient quirk, and it's a relic from our caveman, cavewoman, cave person ancestors, and it is the negative bias. So back in the day, the focus was on potential dangers, like were these berries toxic or evading a saber-toothed tiger? This was crucial for survival. So fast forward to now, and our world has drastically changed. But has our brain's way of perceiving it? Even though most school principals aren't dodging life-threatening situations daily, our mind behaves, or sometimes behaves, as if we are. Ever left a meeting fixated on one tiny criticism, overlooking the heap of compliments? Or when considering an empowering decision, does your mind become your loudest cheerleader or your fiercest critic? Often, it's the latter. Memories, too, are colored this way. Recall a blissful childhood memory and then a painful one. Which emotion resonated deeper? Shocking, surprising, right? Studies even show that a staggering 80% of our thoughts lean negative principles. This doesn't mean your perception of reality is accurate. No worries. It's not a sign to surrender to this archaic programming. Our brain, like any skill, can be honed and reshaped. So are you curious? So let's try something. Let's all hum the ABC song. Did that catchy, famous tune shift your thoughts? Just like that, we can direct our mental narrative. So here are some very simple steps to help you, the principal, navigate this. Number one is observe. Next time you're gripped by negativity, you'll feel it in your body first, or maybe you'll catch your mind. I verbally begin to start complaining. Gently assess the thought. Reflect on its origin without judgment. I'm suggesting is observe, notice. Notice that you are gripped by negativity and notice the belief, the thought that you have that it just doesn't feel good or it does not help you. Now let's normalize these thoughts. There's no such thing as a wrong thought. Thoughts are thoughts. By the way, no thought is really true. The human brain has about 60,000 thoughts a day. Many of them are about food. And the thought may feel like it's just carved in granite. It is true 100%, but it's really a story that we're making up based on our experiences. It's a reaction to our perception. We're trying to make sense. 
and it can come from our culture, our parents, our friends, and usually instinct. And this is just the human experience. And every human believes if they think it, then it must be true. So now we want to respond. Gratefully acknowledge the brain's concern. And instead of seeing it as a setback or a failure, perhaps view it as a learning curve, an avenue to innovate. It also helps to just break down the belief or thought into what the facts are. Get rid of the emotion, the drama, the adverbs, the adjectives, or details that are opinions. I've noticed when watching the news, doesn't matter what channel it is, there are very few facts. If you listen close, it is all opinions. When you neutralize this belief or thought, you take the emotional charge out. Have you also noticed how charged opinions can be? So look for the facts. This allows you to observe your thinking in a factual way. And it will also open the door to another perspective or a growth mindset. So to review, notice a thought, normalize it, and then neutralize it by looking for what is factual. The next step is, and you don't need some big new thought or big transformation. Sometimes it's simply enough to acknowledge or be honest with yourself about what you're thinking. Then sometimes it helps to come up with a new best thought or next best thought. Whatever it is that you do, I think it's so important to look at ourselves and our thoughts and what our brain is doing with compassion and understanding rather than judgment. I can't believe I'm thinking this way. Oh my gosh, I'm just having this total instinctual moment. I'm acting like a cave woman or caveman. I cannot believe. Instead, if you can see or understand that our brain is trying to tell us something, that's trying to help us. The way the brain does this, it will start asking questions or it'll throw out thoughts and it'll seem a little panicky. And I'm encouraging you to learn how to speak the language of your brain. It'll shoot up a flare of obstacles, which is wonderful. And it will begin to worry or be negative. And it really is asking how about or how to help you overcome this obstacle. If we dig in with a growth mindset, we can get into solutions. There's also something that the brain does. It's called catastrophizing. It's going out into the future and bringing all the scary things that could happen. This parent is going to go to the district. This child is not going to have a good year. The teachers are going to be upset with me. You could also have a brain that's saying things like, I'm not a great principal. I'm too new at this. I'm not the fun principal. I'm not the instructional leader. I'm not smart enough to be doing this. My life isn't interesting, but enough compared to who or what? The answer to this question lies deep within our subconscious. There is a standard in our subconscious about what equals enough. 
in these areas in order for you to feel acceptable. This standard is not a universal truth. It's likely a moving target. Your brain keeps telling you one day you'll reach enough when fill in the blank. Well, you're yet, you're never going to seem to arrive. So the next time you catch yourself believing something isn't enough, there's some questions I really want you to ask yourself. Enough compared to who or what? What is the standard I believe that I am not reaching? I used to have this, I don't know, debate or argument with a dear friend that I worked with in Garden Grove and she just hated when I said good enough is good enough because it's compared to who? What's the standard? It's a moving target. So why not when you catch yourself being negative about or not feeling enough, ask yourself this question. Why do I believe I have to reach that standard? What do I believe I'd have to do to reach that standard? Say you have a standard, fill in the blank, that means you are finally enough as a principle. Well, what do you have to do to reach that standard? Ask yourself, why am I believing that? Now, most importantly, how do I show up when I believe I am not enough as a principle? I love this one. What if I just could accept myself exactly as I am today? There's all kinds of ways to worry about the future. So when the brain does this with compassion, I like to say, you know, you don't really need to bring me this because I got this. I'm in control. We can remove ourselves from our thoughts and not make it mean anything about ourselves. The solutions will appear. Who doesn't love a principle with solutions that are loving, non-judgmental, and serve all. I think what really helps is just knowing this is how all humans think. And then understanding that my, our brains have our interest at heart. And they just don't speak the language of a school principal. They just don't speak the language of enlightenment. I like to remember that, you know, I'm the adult in the room and I'm going to try and understand what I'm hearing with patients. Why are they screaming? Why is my brain so upset? Kind of like when you're dealing with a really young child who's screaming and upset and having a tantrum. It helps to figure out what it is that they need what it is they're trying to say. And they definitely need to hear that it's going to be okay. And the brain may keep talking back. No, you really don't understand. I need a cookie. I need to have cake for breakfast. I need to go home and see my mommy. Like the young child, our brains are just scared. So when we're worried or negative, we just need to speak a new language. So gradually acknowledge the brain's concern. Instead of seeing whatever it is that you're thinking, such as a new project that you're working on as a failure, something hasn't gone quite like you wanted to, perhaps, like I said earlier, view it as a learning curve, an avenue to innovate. Leadership, especially principles 
who everyone admires, loves, and respects is not about perfection. We all grapple with negative loops, but small steps in molding our thought patterns can lead to grand transformations in our leadership. It helps to recognize this innate tendency towards negativity, unveil it, and it will also diminish the power. We as human beings are defaulted to the negative as a survival skill. And if you are someone who is here, you had ancestors with a strong instinctual motivation because those that didn't, didn't make it. So challenge yourself today, transform your mindset, and you will find that you are evolving into the leader everyone loves and admires. Mm -hmm.